welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. Today we're talking about Silver in the Wood by Emily Tesh. This book was on my best of 2019 list, and I still agree with that. It's really good. It's very just nice. It's a nice book, you know? But it also has really creepy parts. It does. Yeah, totally. But it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like, I was reading it and I was just like, hmm, like this is, I, this is just like, it's, it's a pleasure to read. Because it's spooky and cute and there's nature and folklore and historical stuff. and yeah, We're going to keep talking about it, but honestly, that's the take. Like, yeah. this is a nice book to read. Yeah. And like, it's also 105 pages, which is about what yeah. I could stomach during the pandemic. So it was like, it has everything. It's almost it's, only 100 pages. Yeah. That's your weekend. It's very Congratulations, like, you're done. efficient. If yeah. that makes sense, like, yeah, it's a hundred pages, but it manages to pack like a full story and character development and world building and like all of this stuff into a hundred pages, and it does it really well. Like the part of the like, I think about like whatever happens about thirty pages in, you know, that's what I thought was going to be the end, but I was like, no, and it kept going, and I was like, what's going to happen next? Like we're only halfway through, and it's only fifty pages in, and uh, like it was great. Uh. I was an English major in college, and I just want to say that because of that, I hate short stories, but for some mm-hmm. reason, novellas, uh, <laughs> to me, are so much better, because it's like, they're just longer, they're short enough to feel quick like short stories do, but long enough to get all the, like, character development and exposition that I find lacking in short stories. Mm. That's so funny that you say that, because I also, like... Okay. I don't hate short stories. I just somehow never read them. It's just, you give me a book <laughs> of short stories and I'm like, either it's not enough or it's too much to deal with. Like, yeah, that that's mm-hmm. pretty much exactly oh, how yeah. I also feel. I think that's why I hate short stories is because <laughs> I'll read like five pages of a short story and being and I'm like, I'm done. I, I, I don't want to read any more of this. And, and, yeah. and it's not because of the content of a short story. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just. Yeah, it's like it, you, you, the author is almost always trying to do too much or not right. enough. Mm-hmm. And it's always not as well written as it should be or too well written and perfect and annoying. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I would always rather read a 700 page book where there's lots of development. And yeah. There's lots of thinking. It's like. A short story, I never finish it on my commute, or I do, and then I'm like, "Well, shit!" Now I have an awkward. Seven now what do I do? To sit yeah, here. Uh, th- yeah. It's it's. I don't have an explanation for it, but somehow short stories are harder to read. They really are than novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're right. I have no problem with novellas. So, uh, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I need to apologize for that because I'm like, people are like, "Oh, do you want to read this book of short stories? It's so good." I'm like, no. Yeah, don't, when you when you forward know, emails to me about short story collections, I'm just like, nope. Yeah, I can't. Steph, you're the only... Steph, please. 
Yeah, I, I almost never read anthologies. I don't yeah, either. Collections Damn it, and stuff. we're so yeah. fucked. We need to find someone who likes short stories. The only <laughs> anthology of short stories I've ever liked is uh, Joe Abercrombie's Sharp Ends, and that's because each story takes place in the same universe as his novels. Oh, that's cool. So it's like, if more authors did that, where, right. like, here's this, a collection of stories about, like, maybe this side character that you heard of, or, like... Like little, like, an, vignettes, in, kind of? Yeah, yeah. here's a city that yeah. isn't the major city in the novels, but you heard about, and now, in the short story, you get a glimpse of it. Oh my god, I want that for A Chorus of Dragons. Yeah. So badly. See, that's, it's... So badly. Yeah. Or full-size novels. I would also take full-size novels. <laughs> and in, in, in continuity... Short stories is where it's at. Yeah. Listeners, I'm sorry. My dog is being very needy right now because I was just uh, I, I was just camping for two days. Uh, so don't mind him if you hear him whining in the background. Oh, He's I, just I like, what the hear. fuck, mom? You were away for two days and now you're ignoring me. <laughs> uh, I highly recommend the uh, the audiobook version of this, especially if you want the creepy factor in it, because the the voice the uh, reader does for Fabian is so spooky Ooh. and creepy. It's like a it's a very high like high pitch voice that is like very soft spoken, but in the soft spoken like 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 a like a ghost touching you on the shoulder kind Ooh. of spooky. It's very good. I love that. Yeah, I really need to take the plunge into audiobooks. This might be a good one. I can't do audiobooks. I it, they require just enough of my attention, and I just I like I ninety percent of the time when I'm listening to particularly podcasts, I'm doing something else. I'm like playing video games or cleaning the house or working, mm-hmm. uh, and I just like I just can't. I like tried audiobooks, and then I would be like rewinding. I'd be like, wait, why is this happening? Yeah. I had that problem too, but I think, um, so as I was saying before the podcast started, I have started training for half marathon. Um, mm-hmm. and inevitably as with happens with runners, like I will be drawn into a marathon at some point. Like it's really annoying. <laughs> There's I know an it's escalation. Yes. Yeah. That just yeah. always. And I've run out of podcasts that are like sufficiently narrative. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah. Yes, so time. Yeah. Because like, well, I need something I'll... to distract me from my own knees. Right. I hate yeah. my knees. <laughs> Goddamn my knees, specifically. Yeah. I usually listen to them at work, so it's like... Nice. Yeah. And I have I have adult ADHD, so listening to something usually helps me concentrate more. Okay, okay. Nice. Yeah. I wish yeah. I could listen at my job. I know, yeah, I want to love... Because, like, yeah, everybody I know who read... Or, yeah, listens to audiobooks, like loves the experience for the most part and like you always have these interesting insights into the books we read because you listen to the audio version and like the way the author does things and say things oh you you also know all the pronunciations which is nice right oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you you get a very different experience than we do because you have the audio version versus like text i still prefer print and usually mm-hmm. if it's a book i've never read before i'll read the print first because sometimes audiobooks can color your right. interpretation and your opinion of a book. But then, like, you know, my Audible credit will come in and I'll be like, 
yeah, I want to reread that book, but I don't have time right now, so mm-hmm. I'll reread it at work and listen to the audiobook. Nice. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. But this is, this is also, like, a good... Because you said this one was, like, five hours. That's, like... That's, like, a manageable stretch yeah. of yeah. time. And that's five hours for both the first book and the second book. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's that's seriously... I bad. really want to read the second book now that I've read this first one. Because, like, it, yeah, like, it was... It was just, like, it was fun. It was, like, light, but also creepy. The characters were really sweet. And, and I, yeah, I want to know more of this world. Like, especially, like, you know, midway through the book when Mrs. Silver shows up and, like, the oh, things that I rules. thought were happening were completely different. And, like, I want, yeah, I want a whole series of, like, Tobias and Mrs. Silver demon hunters. Like, one of my favorite shows of all time is Penny Dreadful. And I was like, yes, this is extreme Penny Dreadful vibes. So, I have read the second book, and I will say, you will get your wish. Excellent! Henry Silver's mom is the coolest. She's amazing! Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. So, when the first book came out, it was, I think it was a standalone. I don't know that they had any plans Mm -hmm. to do the second one. Um, I'm glad they did, because this Mm -hmm. feels, it feels like Penny Dreadful. It feels like um, The X-Files. It feels like Paranormal Investigators who are who are yeah. in this world that has episodes, right? Like it does yes. it's not like some big, like huge world ending plot. It's like, oh hey, what's over here? Oh man, it's fucked up. We love it. Mm. And it's yeah, I I don't know. I just kinda like I've missed that from TV lately. Mm. And it, it, the book had a really interesting balance where like a lot of that action was like off screen. Yeah. Right. Like we still got some great kind of action sequences but there, there's sort of a, a montage bit in the middle where Tobias is like, yeah, and then we went here and killed this. And then we went here and killed this. And I didn't hate it. Uh, it was, or like, the, Tobias <laughs> was being like, oh, I actually kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. And like, <laughs> he, yeah, it was, um, it was really interesting because, yeah, you like just got like all this action and it was like, yeah, it happened. Uh, anyways, moving on. I have a coat now. <laughs> it was also like the confrontation with Fabian and uh what happens with the dryads and the yeah. the ancient altar that feels like the end of the book and then yeah. and then it keeps going and right like, Ooh, yes yeah yeah i think the the author did a really good job in this of making you kind of think you knew what the plot structure was going to be and how things were going to go and then playing with that and being like ah but what if we continued yeah i think i get the impression that she wasn't expecting to have these characters leap off the page as much as mm. they did, and she just wanted to keep writing them. Like, and I, I don't mean this in a, a negative way at all. I love fan fiction, but this felt like someone who was like, "Oh man, I love these characters. I want to write more about mm-hmm. them and like keep expanding." I know they're original characters, but they feel so established, mm. like. They just feel like you could put them in a lot of different situations, and I'm glad she kept putting them in situations. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's the the folklore backing of everything, I think, really helped to kind of establish stuff. Like, like you know, the idea of, a of like, a green man or, like, a wild woods man, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's, like, a trope that we all recognize. And so it was easy to, like, start with that, and then she could establish the character from there. And, like, same with, like, the kind of crotchety old woman, right? Like, that's something that we instantly recognize. And then, so we, he, she, 
Emily Tash didn't really have to establish any of that. She could just immediately start on uh, building Mrs. Silver's character in other ways. Yeah. Right. My favorite, like, uh, part of that where she, like, changes expectations is, like, when Henry Silver flirts with uh, Tobias, went with the, uh, like, sleep in the same, like, bed as me in the beginning, you're thinking, oh... Henry thinks Tobias is just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, you find out, oh, no way. Henry Silver is a monster fucker. <laughs> and yeah. like, <laughs> like, he knew. He knew what Tobias was right away. And then he talked. And then Henry talks about, oh, my mom knows my type. And <laughs> it's like, wow, this is great. Yeah, I think there's a bit at the end, too, where he's like, I used to make a point of uh, not getting involved with anybody that my mother liked. (laughs) He's like, I guess I made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I just just like the exchange word. He's like, my mom liked you? Oh, no, and you liked my mom? Damn it. He's like, you did, didn't you? You like her. (laughs) (laughs) I love the moments where Tobias is like, because Tobias is like a very like, quiet solemn mm. character mm. and i do really love the moments where he's like <laughs> like a little frazzled and yeah um you know when he he meets henry after henry's been kind of like reborn and henry's talking about how he accidentally keeps letting time slip away and tobias is just like laughing and laughing because he's been there and <laughs> henry's just like shut up don't making fun of me right it's so funny all the all the moments with like just like with Tobias and Henry Great. were so cute and yeah, extremely even wholesome. though like Tobias is like this ain't like 400 year old sort of green man and Henry is a you know a mytho- like a mythology uh, connoisseur folklore connoisseur dandy <laughs> yeah 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 I just love the way like Tobias like Tobias keeps pointing out uh, like uh, Henry's curls and like mm. noticing like noticing him and like he talks about Henry reading to him when he was uh mm. recovering from the bullet wound and at times he like wasn't paying attention to what uh Henry was reading he was just like looking at him and it's like uh romance without like overtly saying it yeah 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 one thing i really liked is so Tobias often refers to Henry's hair as mud colored. Mm. And in other books, that's usually that would be something that would be like to denote like a boring character, a flat mm-hmm. character. But because Tobias is this woodsman, mud is important to him and it's he you know, it's it's a beautiful color to him. And so he always kind of comments on Henry's hair as the color of mud, um and it has a very different meaning in this book than it would otherwise normally never thought of that but you're totally right i just noticed because yeah. it like it, every single time it would be like his hair would be referred to as mud colored and then i was like oh it's because tobias likes mud another scene i really loved when uh when tobias finds pearl in the woods after everything has happened <sighs> and henry sort of sneaks on, up on him and and like scares him and he thought it would be cute but tobias like freaks out yeah <laughs> and he's like you you bastard <laughs> <laughs> yeah they have just such a great rapport with each other 
Yeah, it's, like, very awkward, but also very natural and mm-hmm. very... Yeah, it's romance without making a big capital R romance yeah. out of it. Yeah. Like, it's not a big deal. They're just, like, mm-hmm. they don't know what they're doing. They've got other stuff to worry about. It feels very adult. Yeah. In a, like, not not in, a, in an X-rated way, just in a, like, yeah, these are two people who have had previous relationships. In fact, that's kind of the crux of the plot. Yeah. But, like, you know, this is how you move on. This is, like, this is examining some very, like, you know, adulthood-related things that are very mundane, but they become extraordinary because one of them's a green man and the other one is a monster, well, hunter, (laughs) but fucker. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what made the... The cabin scene when Fabian shows up, kind of like heartbreaking. Cause, so like, sad. He like he tells Henry not to come into the woods for like a week, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like um, I love how they write Tobias's like inaction. What would you call it? Indifference. Like you know, he knows like, that he should have done something about this. Like, he's almost paralyzed. Years ago, yeah. But he's, yeah. And he, yeah, he's paralyzed by his like mm-hmm. sort of love for who Fabian was when he was alive, yeah. even though Fabian is not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And like the difference between Fabian calling Tobias Toby and Henry calling him Mister Finch is like it's, even reading it rather than listening to it. It's a big like difference in how. Um, the relationship is and what one of them one character thinks of Tobias versus the other mm-hmm. and so yeah. when um, it's even worse because Henry knows what it means when Fabian takes him away oh, yeah, that he's going so to sad. die and yeah. it's like and Tobias is like paralyzed knowing he should do something mm-hmm. and then acts too late yeah and then you have Mrs. Silver who comes along and he's like a doer like right. a decisive, like no, we're doing this right now. It, it's it's so human. Like Tobias mm-hmm. makes a lot of to do about his status and his responsibilities, but like ultimately, what it comes down to are human relationships that he can't mm-hmm. let go, and that you know, like they they ruin his life, but they also save him in the end. Just his ability to form human connections rather than mm-hmm. you know environmental yeah. ones tree related relationships yeah and, and, yeah. Yeah. and what is it i think does bramble say this at the end like he you know yeah it was his wood for a long time and he was very much a part of it but he never chose that and he never yeah. quite fit in the way that henry does yeah i love bramble by the way she's great bramble yeah yeah sassy dryad I love, I love that. that every character could be a main character. It's like, would I yeah. read a book about Bramble? Yes. Yeah. About Mrs. Silver? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Also, the book tells you things without, like, like, it's not the kind of book where the answers matter. Like, mm-hmm. they say Bramble is different from all her other dryads. Mm-hmm. The way she moves and the way she, like, even says... She already picked a tree to connect to when Tobias sort of like chastises her for not picking a tree yet. Yeah. And I think the idea is that 
I I don't know if she's in the second book, but the idea is that it feels like she's connected to all the forest. But um, just and just the way that she like uh, takes on, she like crosses her arms, and Tobias is like, "You got that from Mrs. Silver. You like her, don't you?" <laughs> and it's just I don't know. Every like every little detail has like little mysteries in it and the mystery in itself is the reward rather than like oh giving you a decisive answer and her reckless disregard for uh tobias's vegetable garden is very funny too yeah (laughs) yeah i always i value books that are willing to a spend all their plot points and then Mm. push themselves later because like they spent all their plot points right away. And then, like you yeah. said, the book kept going. Um, right, yeah. And then um, also books that are, like, not afraid of humor. Like, some authors want to be taken seriously so badly that they forget that life is sometimes kind of funny. Mm. Mm. Um, but this is, like, it's got dark humor. It's got, like, adorable, yes. like, awkward humor. Um, it really, like, it encompasses whole people, even if those people are... Not really that human, as it turns out. Um, and it just like it's it's just like a very insightful little book. Like even what Josh said about like Mister Finch. Like I know that you. I, I'm assuming that you meant that like Mister Finch was kind of a, a distancing thing. Like they weren't intimate yet, but right. it was also like very intimate in the sort of like Mister Knightley, Mister Ben, like Mrs. Bennet, like. You know, yeah, they're, they're Jane definitely Austen is sort like, of like yeah. You look at each other across a room and know that you're soulmates and right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mister Darcy. It's like his first name's not Mister. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like don't do that. Mm-hmm. But it like it works and it's like. Yeah, Henry keep... doesn't call him Tobias until much later. Yeah, it's just like it's it. Yeah, it's a it's such a great little short read. You know, you can you can read it in an afternoon, and it's a fun little story. But like, I will definitely reread it at some point because it's also full of lots of details and great world building, storytelling, lots of yeah, little things that I'm excited to go back for. I just want to live in that world, and like, that's that's kind <laughs> like, of like a, one of the best compliments I can give it. It's like yeah. I just want to go. I like I want to visit. Like I want to meet the characters. I want to go back yeah. into the like universe where. Mothers are like supportive of their monster fucker sons. <laughs> like, you know, they're more concerned with like beating up bad guys. Like, I just, you know, little old ladies who beat up monsters and yeah. horny green men and just like, it's so weird and delightful. Yeah. I can just picture like on a t shirt, like, you know, little Mrs. Silver with like her bun and her nice outfit and then like big tall Tobias and they're like standing <laughs> back to back with their arms crossed. <laughs> You know, like, yes, I want it. <laughs> I picture her as she passed away a couple years ago, but the, oh, what was her, her the the older woman on Game of Thrones, one of the... Oh, yeah. uh, Diana Rigg. Yes, she would have been yeah. perfect for this role. Yes, big Mrs. Silver energy. Honestly, Judy Dench, too, though. Yeah. Yes. Judy Dench can crush anything, though. That's true. That, that That's an unfair assertion yeah make. it's like it's like what's the rule about if you mention hitler then you lose <laughs> what no it's like a rule in online arguments it's like the first person who mentions oh hitler, yeah 
Oh, so if you mentioned Judy Dench in casting, you're out? Right. It's yeah, like, okay, okay. could she play Bob Dylan? Yes. Yeah. Shut up. God, of course she could. <laughs> she probably could, yeah. I mean, Kate Blanchett did, so. Yeah. This would be a great movie, honestly, because it's short. Like, you could easily make this into a 90-minute, two-hour movie. I think I think a miniseries would be good, because then you, could, would be good. you do the original plot, and then the second plot where Tobias goes with uh, okay. Mrs. Silver... There's enough there to, like, write um, original episodes without, you know, having all the details in it from the book. Or, like, season two is, yeah, and then season three is whatever the next book is. I hope there's the next book. Yeah. If it were a movie, all movies lately seem to be, like, they have to have world-ending cataclysms to stop. (laughs) It's like, can't we just have a movie about a thing? Like, even Disney movies used to be about, like... Okay, like, you know, Simba needs to go back to his pride yeah. rock. But, like, the entire world isn't going to be devastated if Scar's in charge. Whereas, like, now it's just, like... <laughs> the stakes are will, always very high. It's just always a volcano. Yeah. All, like, <laughs> 100 volcano yeah. all the time. Like, we had a world-ending cataclysm of our own in the real world. Like, I don't need them in my escapism. I would love it to just be about a fucking forest. Please. Yeah. Yeah. I really yeah. like the part where Fabian tries to trick them by using Henry Silver's uh body and then Tobias oh, stabs yes. him in the eye. Yeah, that was that, creepy. That bit I was like, um wait, what? And I had to go back a page. Yeah. <laughs> and like Fabian has that speech about um wanting he was gonna seduce Tobias in Henry Silver's body and sing to him with Henry oh, Silver's God. voice. Mm. Like how he would grow the forest up to the 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 Green Hollow Hall so they could sleep in feather beds together and but it's like it's like sort of or he's like if you just read it it would sound like a romantic gesture mm-hmm. but it's so creepy and yeah. and yeah. the opposite of romance in every way. Yeah. Oh, oh, the line that makes it creepy where he goes, and you would get rid of every monster but me. Yeah. Yeah, Fabian is he's a, a He's a good villain. Yeah. And he yeah. didn't, like, outstay his welcome. Yeah, and he was, like, started creepy and then got even creepier. Yeah, it's it's not... Like, there's so much inherent drama in just the threat to, like, the people that you... Like, not even, like, it's too early in their relationship for them to be in love. It's like, the person yeah. you might like, and they're threatening them. It's like, that, that's enough drama. Thank you. That is sufficiently terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's like, it's such an intimate horror. It, like, gets right under your skin. Yeah. And, yeah. Agreed. Because it's coming from someone you know intimately, but they're not the same person that they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, there's old gods involved. Yeah. And they just know how to hurt you. And it's like, it's worse. It's not like I'm going to blow up your hall. It's like I'm going to take what I have right to the edge. Right to where it creeps you out. Like, imagine how many times this has happened before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right? Like, even, uh, you know, just like Tobias making a friend. Not even a romance situation. And then, you know, that time of year comes around. Mm -hmm. Suddenly that that friend from the village is gone. And, like, I love that this is a 
queer romance. I love that it is not a kill your queers situation. And I also love that, like, Tobias made a lot of understandable, difficult decisions in his life, but he is morally culpable for them. And I like that he's not, like, perfect either. Like, this is some some real gray area. Like, you know, we don't get the details of what all those other friends and that time of year were like, but... Yeah, there's some there's some real complexity there. Yeah, there's definitely some guilt when he like mm-hmm. after Fabian walks away with yeah. Silver mm. and he goes into the bed to try to feel nothing. Yeah. And it's hard for him, but it's also like, well, this makes you not a good person. Mm. You're going to have to deal with that and like got to save a lot of people from monsters to make up for gotta. it. You got to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like my th- like. Is Tobias just gonna start aging normally now? Like, I'm very confused. I think so. I, think so. I don't know. Yeah, because they they talked about when they cut down the oak about how he would probably die. Uh, but no, he just keeps on kicking. Yeah. So maybe he it's just be... that he's mortal now. Yeah. Yeah, he could be aging very slowly. Maybe that's it. Yeah. That'd be a good. Uh, that'd be a fun way to stretch out the length of time. Yeah. But also have that, you know, in the future where he could die and Henry could still live. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, like, sadness to it. Yeah. Without yeah. actually having to write that part. <laughs> or just, like, then they'd have to find a solution to that. It seems like a very wide world. I'm sure there is mm-hmm. one. Right. I'm sure it's full of hijinks. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited to read the second book. Oh, yeah, and I forget the fact that uh, that Tobias is like that because Fabian killed him. They ran. They ran into the woods. Uh, went well. It was like a walk into the woods when they found out that all their like other gang members were hanged. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he remembers later after that flashback that Fabian, as soon as they got deep into the woods, took a stone and. Like, hit him, killed him there on the head. It's fucked up. I don't don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I don't have any other reactions to that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't skimp on darkness. Yeah, the description of, like, feeling his skull crunch in is... Yeah. But also, like, vegetable gardens and, like... Sassy cats and generations and generations of pearls. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like this book I like it really manages to do a lot. Yeah. It's only like a hundred and some pages. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. I think the next one's longer. Yeah. Yeah, listeners, if you're into cottage core at all, this book is for you. Oh my god, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. Cottage core, but also dark academia. Yeah. You want you want to do a research kink, Henry Silver? He yep. has got it. Like, let me tell you about all of this as a courtship gesture. <laughs> this is how I flirt. I, I talk about three thousand year old stone circles. Listen, don't knock it. <laughs> it clearly, it works. It worked for there me. There is somebody for everybody, and Henry Silver and Tobias are those people. Yeah, my husband and I make it. Long ass jokes about the second fall of the temple in 70 CE. Nice. Just endlessly entertaining to us and literally no one else. You know what? That's fair. 
So, am I ashamed? A little. <laughs> <laughs> but you found each other. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We specifically found each other in Hebrew class. About, mm. Yeah. So, that helps. Oh, there you go. I'm, like, kind of wary of having full-on, like, five-star would recommend aspects to this podcast, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we should have some kind of rating system. I've been thinking about it. I don't have a conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, because so far we've just been being like, read it. We liked it. <laughs> it was so good. It's pre- but like, I don't know. I feel like we're we're not really going to cover books that we don't like that much, though, right? Right. So it's not gonna, ever going to be like yeah. us trashing. Like, that's just not our style. Yeah. No, it's, it's not fun. I feel like we should find a way to do some kind of rating system, kind of like the demons in the mm. uh, His Dark Materials podcast. Like, if this book was a vegetable... <laughs> What vegetable? <laughs> yeah. Pick your favorite like, tree. Yeah. If this book was a D and D monster, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> would you? Yeah, that's it? a good point. We should um, we should think about something like that. We yeah. could rate it on how soon we think you should read it. Uh, you should read this book right away. You should read this book soon. You should read this book eventually. Should... <laughs> <laughs> or like. Maybe like what what scenario should you read this book in? You should read it yes. as soon oh, as yeah. possible mm. on your commute if you have to. Or like you I, should I, save yeah. this book for a rainy day. I read this book while camping. Ten out of ten can recommend. <laughs> I didn't take any I didn't make any notes for this episode because of it, but I did spend two days in the woods myself, so <laughs> solid. Honestly, perfect setting. Yeah. Yeah. You should you should bring this book camping, because you can read it. Yeah. When you're tired after camping, but right. also finish it on your trip and it'll be yeah. delightful and maybe scare you a little. A little bit, yeah. Another thing, I actually wrote, I wrote my notes by hand rather than typing it this time because I thought that would be different. Uh, I do, I have in my notes, I love um, when Tobias is recovering from the bullet wound. And he's in the library with Henry. And uh, it's the experience of uh, when someone, a friend or a lover or your significant other, talks about the thing that they love, like with enthusiasm. And even though you're not into the thing, Mm. you're enthused because of the way they're talking about it. And that's Tobias hearing uh henry talk about maps and mythology and stuff he's like i don't he's like he even says like i don't even understand some of the things he's saying but it's just <laughs> fun to listen to him yeah look at this cute little nerd i love his face right. so much yeah <laughs> i, I can't even hair. read but he seems to enjoy these book things <laughs> yeah definitely cute definitely like a it's like even though it's scary it's like it's such a cozy read it's it like, is, yeah. When yeah. you want to feel cozy, you should read this book. Yes. Right before absolutely. bed or like with a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Or if you desperately yeah. want to escape your commute on a crowded bus <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, the commute being the, is the least coziest place. But if you want to add some clothes to your commute. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Either enhance your coziness or like yeah. import it yes. <laughs> desperately. Just a little. I do like the very last scene also a lot with Bramble, where uh, she's telling Tobias to go and grow. I like. I wonder how old Tobias was before um, Fabian killed him. Was it like four hundred? 
Wasn't it several hundred years? I, I feel like but there was a number and now I don't when remember. He when, he was, when, he was, when he died. I think he was like 20-something. I want to say oh, he said right. it was like 22. Because she um, like implies that he needs to go into yeah. the human world and grow. Yeah. And it's like, and she's like, oh, but we'll be here mm. for you to come back to. But you need to explore the world that was like taken from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you imagine just like hanging out somewhere for 400 years and then walking out and being like, what the fuck? I really feel like that's an underutilized trope. I just, I really like. That was my biggest disappointment and the reason I stopped watching Sleepy Hollow. It's like, oh. the first episode, he's like, alright, I got this coffee maker thing figured out. I was like, how? Yeah, Do you know right? how like, amazing that is? You don't even know what electricity is. You've right. never seen a woman in pants. Yeah. <laughs> but just, yeah, I feel like, I feel like if you could get someone with a boundless thirst for, like, innovation like can you imagine how happy leonardo da vinci would be every single day in the modern era he's like oh Holy. yeah oh my god you did what and then you did what tell me more yes and then like, he I read that about book. trademarks and copyright and yeah be mad or like people not taking vaccines oh let's not make this a sorry yeah I went, I went politics <laughs> anyway I, I went there i shouldn't have gone there anyway yeah. here's the doomer portion of the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all gonna die Things are bad. Good book. I don't think I have any it more thoughts. Good, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, nice yeah, a short book. one, but mm-hmm. short book pages. Yeah. And this was our second bookling. Yay! Podcast. Yes. We got Which one more, and then we're getting into the next book in A Course of Dragons. Yeah. The name of all things. Probably my favorite. I think of the series. Maybe. I'm definitely excited to come back to it. I wanna. I wanna reread it. With this much shorter interval between books. Yeah. Because even though it was short, it was still multiple months instead of... Yeah. It can still count in weeks since we finished the other one. Mm-hmm. All right, Steph, what are you reading? Uh, I am currently rereading for, I don't know, like the millionth time, uh, mm-hmm. The Alloy of Law by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, because it's like, I just needed like a nice, fun read. And anytime I need a nice, fun read, I read that series... And and the fourth book is finally coming out. So, yeah. So I've been reading that. And then I'm about to start our next book, Upright Women Wanted. Is it? Is it coming out? That's news to me. I didn't realize that was coming out. The first draft is done. It's supposed to come out next year, I think. Well, Brandon, with his first drafts, gets he gets edits done. You snap your fingers and the book is coming out. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's coming out. I think he wants to just get it done. With that much on my plate, I would also yeah. want to get it. Yeah. Dude signs up for a lot of projects. Yes. Uh, Josh, what are you reading? I'm reading the third book in Joe Abercrombie's Age of Madness called The Wisdom of Crowds. And it I've only read the first two or three chapters, and it, it rules. It's kind of nice. dark, but it's like, I don't know, good. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's like it has like a you know, um, an uprising of industrial like workers in in a newly industrialized world like right starting to rise up. And I'm like, yeah, you go guys. Yeah. <laughs> nice, Christina. How about you? 
Um, what am I reading? I'm in the middle of Upright Women Wanted, which we'll be covering soon, uh, with a mystery guest. I don't know if it's actually a mystery, I just feel like calling her that. God, what am I reading? I just finished reading Mordu, um, which is, like, to say that it's Dickensian, like, implies that it's only Dickens-like. I feel like Dickens could have written this book. Like, okay. it's, it's basically, like... Oliver Twist, but just with magic. It's like if Dickens, like, hit himself on the head and was like, now I'm going to write fantasy. (laughs) It is so Victorian, like, and so serious. Like, it's not even tongue-in-cheek Victorian, like Doctor Strange and Mr. Norrell, or Norrell. It's like, no, we have committed with a capital C to this entire endeavor of being Victorian. Everyone is an orphan. And miserable and sad and there's mud <laughs> everywhere and child labor. Uh, it's like, holy crap, all right. But, you know, okay. it's like, I admire the commitment. I, is it, and I enjoyed the book. Is it written in the Dickensian style? So much. I would, it's like, I would, I would absolutely out. hate yeah. that book. I mean, that's fair. I don't like Dickens, but I will say, like, this was interesting enough to keep my attention, which is okay, like, kind of a feat. Even though there was like... And now we're going to talk about elephants at the zoo. It's like, because Victorian audiences have never seen an elephant. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I should say, I would hate that book to no fault of the author at all. It probably yeah. is very well written. It's just the style is not for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I I have, well, I'm going to write a review of it, so. Sweet. Don't Which will probably be yeah. out by the time this comes out. Yes. So check As will out the our book. reviews on geekily.com <laughs> yes. slash reading. <laughs> You're very good at the. I'm gonna segues. post my very first one right after we finish recording this. Whoa! Steph wrote a review. It's really good. It made me buy the book. The book's really good. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.